0: Welcome back to a new episode with your favorite podcast host, Alexandre Here I'm dropping a new episode like a boss, because let me tell you, to do this with a team of one is what I call a miracle. This is my 50th episode, and I'm still processing it. Two years ago, I was what I can call a rêveur, a dreamer, starting a podcast and having a great excuse to hear from people whose journey I admire. I'll drink a glass of meal to celebrate this achievement, like a real Brendan whose mom is from Uganda. Also last week, I attempted to drink three glasses of white wine to celebrate something and it took me four days to recuperate. Maybe it is my body, or was it the cheap wine? I shall drink a glass of champagne at the end of summer, cause I have work to do. Personal problems aside, here's an episode where I talk about the African art scene. Raqib Sile, an Ethiopian woman, is my guest and is about to introduce the Ethiopian contemporary art perspective that us Africans might not get. Rakeb and her co-founder Messai, a fellow Ethiopian, opened art galleries first in Addis, then in London, called Addis Fine Arts. Just a quick question for you listeners. You can either answer on social media or leave a voice message on Anchor. Do you currently own a piece of art? Be it a visual piece or sculpture? If not, are you planning to purchase anything this year or in the next few years? Having these kinds of discussions not only widens my horizon, but also reassures me that things are changing. Two years ago, I remember interviewing Samantha Inarukwondo, episode four, who opened the first gallery in Burundi, 257 Arts. Unfortunately, she is still the only one, but her work gave me hope for the future of Burundi. In 2021, she was nominated as a young leader for the French African Foundation. I also spoke with Nelson Yakiye, episode 12, a Burundian artist who is currently living in Rwanda and was able to showcase his work to President Macron on a visit at the Institut Francais de Kigali. Art is also shown in fashion. Here's to Pierre Aradimete, episode 31. I spoke with him when he was an intern at LVMH Paris and now he has officially launched his brand. What about Christa Chabani, episode 13, a Nelson Mandela Fellow? who at the time was finishing her MBA in Paris, and at works at La Samaritaine. LVMash has parted Burundian talent. Good for you, mes amis. And this is only in Burundi, or should I say, for Burundians. Rakeb like many Africans, is working at gathering the local talents and showcasing their work, that are sometimes forgotten, if not often hidden, pour finir. Wii Studios has been doing some shopping lately and I hope you'll get to hear more good stuff from Parole, Sportive and Future of Money. You can check all the details about the company in the show notes. Thank you for the people who have been following the podcasts, the feedback and obviously the guests. A special shout out to the personal assistants who have made my first meetings easy peasy. Last but not least. I want to thank Jesus for allowing the internet into my life from a young age. Now that I'm not scared to create businesses or connect with people I don't know, exactly what I was told not to do in my childhood. This is about connecting with people. PowerPodcast Podcast is available anywhere you listen to your podcast, also thanks to the support on Patreon. If you would like to contribute, all the links are in the show notes. Now we can travel. I'm getting out of this country as soon as possible. Follow me on social media, Until next time. Let's go. Power Podcast is in London. He's in the art scene. And I have so many questions, and I, I hope I'll sound dumb so that many people will like kind of understand where I'm going because I'm pretty sure the person who will speak to us today will enlighten more than you know the average person. So I kept sile. That I did. Wow, well, you know.
1: Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. How are you <laughs> very, doing? Very well, thank you. Such a nice intro. Um, I hope I can I can do this justice. So um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you will.
0: (laughs) You will, because I guess our level is really slow. It's really low. And then the African art scene is another level, is another, I guess it's another field that we need to
1: understand, you know, and appreciate, you know. I'll have to ask you first thing first. Who are you? So, yes. So I'm uh, Rakip Sile. Most people call me Raku, actually, but uh, I am the founder, co founder, and um, CEO of an art gallery called Addis Fine Art. Um, We have two locations. Our first location is based in Ethiopia, in Addis Ababa, Um, and our second location is in London. We just opened our permanent space in London. We've always had a presence in London, but this is really a a milestone for us because it's a permanent space and um, uh, where we're going to bring in all of our kind of international programming into the space in Fitzrovia. So very exciting times.
0: Obviously, we can tell that you're from Ethiopia.
1: Uh, What is your background? What did you study? So, yeah, I'm I'm from Ethiopia. I grew up part of my life there. So I had uh, a lot of um, experiences with my culture and arts and music and so on um, while I was growing up. But uh, at 10, I moved to the UK and really kind of since then kind of looking for my culture and everything that I do, you know, very difficult to find, obviously, as in, you know, in the 90s growing up in, in the UK. But, you know, I I dabbled in music a lot in my formative years and then just went and did a very uh <laughs> traditional african uh family degree in in business and okay um, i was and- going to say it's either business engineering or doctor yeah exactly no. and so even though my my parents were very willing to kind of let me pursue things i think uh mm-hmm. it was very recommended if you like
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do well thing. said
1: <laughs> that uh, that is more traditional. So yeah, I went, I, I studied business. I studied my career in management, management consulting. I did that for 10, 12 years, but, you know, I think that I've always had a side interest, a side hustle, if you like in cultural things. So, you know, I, I set up different businesses, which actually all failed throughout my my youth and and as, as I was coming up, but art was something that actually was more of a passion like it was never I never thought of it as oh this is kind of like what I'm going to be doing um in the future it was just a way of kind of bringing my culture and kind of my identity into my home so I, I started off as, as a collector in my in my early 20s and uh, into my 30s and I suppose that that kind of made me feel like I needed to understand what I was doing so I'm, I'm collecting I'm I'm going back to Ethiopia picking up different things but I wanted to just learn more. And I, and I realized how difficult that was in terms of, you know, is it, even if you're researching online, books and so on, it's so difficult. So, and also it wasn't commensurate with what I was seeing on the ground when I was going to Ethiopia, see, you know there's a beautiful art school, a very old one at that. Lots of artists that go through to the school and come out and, and, and are working. And then here it's kind of like, there's a vacuum so I suppose that that kind of prompted me to do more research. And I found my now business partner, Masai Hailelu'ul, through through just kind of website research. I found his his gallery. He had a gallery in LA um, in the early 2000s. You know, his website was still up. I don't know if it's still up right now, but it was up. <laughs> and it's like so much, so much information, so much knowledge about artists, mod, the modernists, the artists he's working with and so on. And I was like, wow like this, this is kind of, this is the person, somebody I need to meet. I went to meet him, basically. So I met, I met, I met with him. And I think that was when it was like, really, it kind of created this spark, like, how is this not available to others? How do we make something like this available? How do we support it? How do we nurture So like, all of these kind of ideas just started. and And really, you know, this is, and I'm talking, this was eight years ago. So it it has taken us this long to kind of get to where we are today. So in a nutshell, that's the background of um, kind of my, my uh, being here um, as as co-founder of Addis a- Fine Art. Let me add
0: this because you look so young. I'm like, did you start <laughs> your, your business uh, adventures at 15 or what is this?
1: What is... I'm really, I'm really flattered you said that. You I know people will say it's
0: unfair, but it's okay. Because uh, no, no, no <laughs> <That's> but it's... <laughs>
1: I actually celebrated my, my 40th birthday during oh, COVID in 2020. I'm yet to celebrate <laughs> with a party.
0: <laughs> Two bottles of champagne to kind of, you know. <laughs> to, wow, that's great. Okay, so let's go. Let let, let me take the, the art scene because I think as a Burundian, I can say, okay, you know what? It's easy to talk about art, African art, if you're from Ethiopia. Why I'm saying this? Because... Ethiopia is known. It's in the Bible. You can say whatever you want, like a, uh whatever, like everywhere, other than the famine part. Let's just put that aside, but it has a rich history, you know, a millennial history. So going into the Western places and say, hey, we want to before you start something in Ethiopia, of course, we want to do an art gallery. It's easy to sell, right? Compared to Burundi, maybe Congo. Congo is no, no.
1: Congo I is. Mean- I think that I think first the first thing to say about Africa is really that it is the most interesting and diverse place on earth, right? there's just way too many countries, Mm. way too many cultures. It's the biggest continent in terms of kind of diversity. So, you know, when we talk about Africa, it's like we we really have to deconstruct what we are thinking about, you know, because everybody has a very maybe reductive idea of what they mean, When they say Africa, so if you talk to a francophone person, they will have a specific thing that has probably has nothing in common (laughs) with what I think when I say Africa, and so on and so forth. Like there's just a multiplicity of things that are going on, and the unfortunate thing about Africa is that, from a cultural perspective, that has also happened. So like, like there's just this huge reductive idea. About And it's it's because there's a vacuum also of information of what is actually happening on the ground, what has happened uh, in in history and and so on when it comes to our art histories. And I I say there is not one art history on the continent. So that's the first thing to say. And then the second thing to say is there's so much, there's such like a very profound lack of infrastructure in most of the sub-Saharan countries for art so can we really make a comparison to say oh is it easy to talk about Ethiopian art versus Mm -hmm. art whatever I I don't even think the word easy can come into any (laughs) aspect of being an art practitioner on the continent because the issues Masai and I have had setting up this company and working on uh, our vision He's, you know, we're kind of like we we always joke and say we're going to write a book one day because there's so many things, and so many unexpected obstacles that we faced to get to this point. And I mean, we it's an eight year endeavor, and we're only just at this point. So, like that that in itself also can can give you some idea as how much how hard it is to practice to be in this in this position, right? So, so that's the second thing. So, I don't I don't know if I can make that comparison. Okay, and, but the third thing, actually, so you talk about Ethiopia and you say Ethiopia is known. Ethiopia is known to a degree, but like it's known for its ancient culture, right? So we talk about Lalibela, we talk about Axum. These are amazing, like incredible moments of history that are maybe akin with the with ancient Egyptians and so on. However, like contemporary art and contemporary culture, when we think about that, even locally there's a disconnect of what that looks like and as a as an ancient country which we are but also as a country that has the majority of the population under 20 i think mean mm-hmm. is like 15 or something don't don't quote me i'm sure yeah yeah something like that it's something yeah. like that means that actually contemporary culture is a vital it's just vitally important to kind of look at that because there's such a young population like what i young people young artists artists who are living today what are they thinking about what are they concerned about and why is that important because artists are the ones that make that decision to talk about the hard conversations about you know migration or hyper urbanization or unemployment you know uh, disparities between the sexes all of these things like mm-hmm. th- they are the ones that are bold enough to talk about these things and they really show you the their window into the current culture and the current psyche of the of of a country or or a population I think as much as Ethiopia is known per se I don't think it's known in its total in in its in its full spectrum if we if we're thinking about art you know and and I think it's important too absolutely so
0: I'll, I'll take you maybe 20 20 years ago 20 30 years ago people I don't think maybe it's me and I'm 34 but it works I will think that with everything that was happening in African countries, I call genocide, I call violence of any type. Mm-hmm. Were people even focusing about what, what was happening in the art scene? I don't think so, you know? And then I grew up in a place where I had this window to the world through movies and TV and whatever, and traveling. So my understanding, not my understanding, my, my education in art is really the worst in art, you know, Picasso, Renoir, you, you name them. And then I came here, studied, went to business school at some point, and I had like an art class as well. And I remember having all those two semesters and I was like, what am I doing? Why am I, where am I learning all of this, which is quite useful now, but you know, I was young. And then I realized when I start reading about the art things like the the, the potential, the market now is a business person that is speaking, the market, like the potential that is there. I'm like, why aren't we doing something? Because I remember, yeah, of course, 20, 30 years ago was just, you know, something else that was happening on the continent. What is art? If you were to explain something, like to give like a definition, but obviously to an African, average African who is still wondering what the heck is a gallery? Why do we need a gallery? We should be, you know, sending all this money to people who are, you know, need vaccines
1: and blood transfusion or whatever. What would be your answer? I mean, art to me, at least. Okay, the the beautiful thing about art is it's subjective. If you're not into it, you're not into it, right? <laughs> <laughs> However, <Damn. laughs> for me, and, and actually, and, and also, when we th- if we think about art in kind of a wider sense, everybody is into a specific type of art. You know, you're talking about music, culture, fashion. This this is all the expressions of art, right? So, with, but with visual arts, for me, it's really an expression of a population, right? So. An expression of any anything that comes out through the artist's, you know, work, is a direct impact of their experience of where they are, who they are, what they think, things, how how they think things should be. I think artists are like really one of the most vital, kind of very they're a very small population of the of the of a small part of the population, but I think they're such a vital conversation point because they really make us look at ourselves. And they make, a, they make us look at our societies and question, you know, if we think about an artist that we're working with, like Mary Kokop, for example, Mary Kokop Brahanu, she's really interrogating this idea about our natural world. So be it our bodies, our, our, our the way we produce our food, the way we, everything, including the, the whole entire universe, how all of that is being, what it means to be that kind of nurturing, life-giving being. and. In a way, kind of what is happening to these systems, you know, be it our bodies, our food, our food systems, our solar systems, or you know, all of these things that are kind of like responsible for our lives, how they're being infiltrated by synthetic things, and I mean that is pretty much, you know, the top. It's just a topic of conversation for it should be topic of conversation for everybody. But for for somebody who has grown up in Africa and and seen kind of this change in her lifetime of very natural process of turning very synthetic. It's, you know, she's opening up a conversation that maybe they're not, you know, people in their homes are not having on a day to day. So I think that artists are the, they, they dare to, to talk about these things. They dare to, to, to dream. They dare to um, question. They're there to be, to be, um, kind of like the, our beating souls, if you like, they're kind of, they should, they, they shine the mirror to us, you know, and to our society. So for me is visual arts is that, but as I say, it's also very subjective and that's yeah. also a beauty. It, it allows for somebody to view a piece and get something different to what I'm getting, you know, and that's, that's beautiful.
0: Man, you know how to say your, your thing because it, it looks like you're talking like my teacher because at some point I was like, why am I studying this? And she gave me basically your, <laughs> your, your answer. It's really subjective. It is. And it's beautiful at the same time because you just said Africa, we have so many stories. It's it's really diverse. But at the same time, when I look at the, the things that are happening, like, for example, I've been in, to Ethiopia in the, um, two years ago and I'm going this uh, end of october november whatever we don't know yet but we're working on that honestly my first thought will not be to visit the gallery i'll be like oh i need a museum i need to see a oh i totally forgot her name lucy lucy (laughs) people will be like okay Okay. um yes (laughs) because of the whole history that is really coming with ethiopia and maybe if I were to stay, I don't know, maybe two weeks, I'll be like, oh, no, I need to. Because my first thought is like, Lali bit, I need to go there. Like, actually, yeah. I need to do that, you know. I, I remember just going there and kind of, <laughs> I think I was picturing in Africa, in Ethiopia, you know, in my head. I was like, everybody will be wearing this. Not everybody, but you kind of get the sense. Because you guys are really traditional in this, in really. Yeah. And then you see people listening to Afro music. I yep. remember walking down. Uh, I was around Mesca Square. And yeah. I was like, what I thought this country was uh, close, you know. But yeah, and I'm you know, and I'm young, and I'm like,
1: whoa, what is happening
0: in this yeah. country? So, what is happening in the art scene in Ethiopia? First,
1: yeah. So, yeah, it's going back to what I said. So we we have a we have a very we are a very ancient country. So one of the, probably the oldest kind of sovereign states in in the world, right? So we have this kind of unbroken part of our history not all of it is unbroken by the way just there is a part of our history that's kind of stayed with us and we're famous for that mm-hmm. rightfully so right so just like egypt is famous for the pyramids and so on however i feel and i think this messiah and i felt very similarly that we fo- like because the focus is so much on that like even like we we have a um a word for for cult for arts called um or, or culture called baho and really that it, it only really translates to tradition oh. so we, we we realize that actually the idea for what culture means in Ethiopia is is very much you know it's about the past it's, it's about our past really so what we're really interested in is the now right so what are the because as I say Ethiopia is still as old as it is in terms of its population it's a very young and super dynamic country just like most places in in Africa right there's this huge surge of of young energy who are now actually also very much connected with the global world why because we have the internet we have people coming back and forth there's so much more kind of mixing of ideas and you know what does even this idea of what Africanness means to young people now is actually much more it's much more mixed than it used to be you know because okay even that idea of like, you know, would you have like young kids listening to Nigerian Afrobeats 20 years ago? Maybe not Not even, you know? Yeah. So, so the world is becoming smaller and people are being able to partake and kind of share their cultures with, with the rest of the world in a way that actually has never happened before. So art is becoming more accessible to young people in that, you know, through the internet. And I mean, art from the West, art from all over Africa. And I think that artists within Ethiopia are also being made aware of things that affect not just them kind of individually, but like they they are looking at themes that are impacting us as, as a human race, like just our humanity and, you know, our planets and things of migration and hyper urbanization. All of these things are kind of, they're they are themes that are, Global in nature, so I think that 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 is one of the biggest changes I would say in the last twenty years is that people are more connected than ever before, and therefore the young people, young artists, and and artists that are practicing today are aware of all of their kind of counterparts and connections outside of you know their bubble.
0: So the openness to the world really is something that is happening everywhere. Yeah, Ethiopia is a hundred million people. <laughs> so i
1: think it's 110 i don't
0: know there's you know yeah i'll even take 20 200 you know i'm (laughs) like the the potential is great and as you say if we go with the statistic that applies to africa is like 60 is under 25 which is huge huge but then the reality on the ground is that everybody maybe have some discretionary money to put on art maybe buying Maybe, I don't know, maybe buying an account on Spotify or something or a YouTube account. you kind of, Is that part of the process of just like teaching a new generation of consumers to be like, okay, you can put five euros or $5 on Netflix and you add them up. It's a lot per month, honestly. <laughs> and you can say, okay, maybe save 20 euros times 12. 240, it's doable, right? Let's mm-hmm. just say $2,400. It's a lot. And the person is like, why should I buy a sculpture? Why should I buy a painting? Why? Hmm.
1: I think one thing to say is that anywhere in the world, okay, people who partake in supporting the visual arts have always been a very small minority of people. The art world is tiny in general. Hmm. However, like I think that one of the things that Ethiopia has always had in, in general is that there has been an appreciation of the visual arts. So if you look at even the ancient, in the ancient practices, if you look at the ancient Bibles, there's always drawing around the calligraphy, the churches, there's a huge painting tradition within the church painting. So people are are, you know, just the general population are aware of like, what it means to hang a painting. You yeah. know, be it's it a figure or a, relig- a religious. Yeah. I think that it, it isn't like the most kind of out, you know, outlandish idea to say, hey, you know, you can also support a local artist with, with something that's not traditional, that's contemporary. And, and, it, and it does happen. And there are levels mm-hmm. of, of um, people who, who are producing and people who are buying. It is still very a small minority, but that's kind of where we are at the moment. I guess the, the, the reason why we felt so strongly that we needed a gallery like ours, and, and I would say that we're probably different because we're trying to do two things. One is locally, we want to be able to support artists, bridge that gap between local markets and the mainstream market. And I think that's important because they are worthy. They can compete. OK, so as far as we, we we know or we think, and they should have the opportunity to compete on the on the global market for the money that is out there for them to have. And that comes back into our ecosystem. Right. So it's also very important that we ensure that artists, wherever they may be, have access to this to the market. Otherwise, you know, the, the, then our market won't grow either and they won't grow and they they give up. So locally. That's what we want to do, and and we want to also be there to ensure collectors who have the means, because there are people who have means, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's <laughs> there might be a small minority, but there are people who have means. So people who have means, for them to understand that supporting visual arts is like supporting culture, it is like supporting the ancient traditional uh, work that we have, and it's actually probably a little bit more important now because nobody's looking at it. So yeah. supporting a living legend like let's say Taddis who has literally taught every single most of the artists that we we have on our on our roster for for the last 35 years at the school at the Ali School of Fine Art and Design is is supporting a living legend is he should be our national treasure he's a national treasure right so like just kind of making people aware that Th- these things are important because it's basically legacy, right? It's legacy for our children. It's making sure that the people who have invested so much in our visual arts tradition right now get their due, like that's important. Yeah. So like, and but internationally also we, I think Masai and I really felt convicted that the artists are there, they are good enough to compete and we should, we should try to create an, an a gallery that is willing to invest in that competition right mm-hmm. so making sure that artists particularly locally and particularly artists that are in the diaspora and then didn't have those means to ensure that they can go to the right fairs they go to they have shows they get seen by the right museums they get put into the right you know when, it, when I say right I mean just prestigious collections just like their counterparts all over the world like mm-hmm. I just we just felt like The the reason why they're not there is because Mm -hmm. the bridge is too hard to 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 close, right? So even when we think about, and and also because representation actually matters in this case, context will matter. So it it doesn't mean that other galleries couldn't have come in and just kind of taken these. But like, where would they have looked? How would they Mm -hmm. have found them? How do they? How would you translate an artist that doesn't speak any English at all? How do you translate their deep context and their and the deep Um, narrative that they have about their their work you know Mm -hmm. and so like we spent a lot of time we spend a lot of time in that sphere ensuring that the representation of the work is also as strong as the work itself and I think that's actually that's what the most uh, that's what I'm most proud of our of our gallery is that just uh, allowing this this kind of the, the bridge to to have to to work in that way and to just making sure that Re- the representation is coherent.
0: So who is buying then? Because uh, the, the whole cliche is that, obviously for some who don't know that there are wealthy people, Africans, I mean, hello. I will go with Egyptians, South Africans, Nigerians, Ghana. I will assume Ethiopians because it's at home. Where do you see the, the, um, the trend going?
1: Um, I mean, I could tell you about what we do in our gallery. So we do have a core local collector base now. It's taken us a few years, but it's there. The thing about Ethiopia also is that lot, lots of um, non-governmental organization, the a- it's the seat of the AU and so on. So we actually do have a lot of people from all over Africa and the rest of the world coming through to, into, the, into the city. So we have, I would say, a good quorum of, say, uh, Nigerian and Ghanaian collectors that come through. Um, South Africa was a good market for us at some point. We, we were going to the fairs there. But now, now that we're here in London, like we are targeting and, and we are selling mostly into the US and the rest of Europe with a little bit of the Middle East so far.
0: Interesting. How do we wake up Africans then? I'm talking about the African diaspora
1: in this case. I mean, we, do, we have a small quorum of diaspora uh, supporters as well, for sure. All of this takes, this takes time. <laughs> let's
0: buy everything and make sure that it's you know it stays at home at some point yeah
1: that's actually a very good point and I think that the the reason why Masai and I took the kind of the harder road to make sure that the gallery is situated in Ethiopia to begin with is to make sure that art stays home okay so it's some of it stays home at least it's worked to a degree but as I say it's all these are small pools of people these are small numbers but Mm. actually in Ethiopia most of the art stays at home and it it has stayed at home for all of this time because there was no access to the wider market right but the point is is that it's not just only about the art I think that we also have to make sure you know you spoke about art history right so we we, uh, really I I did a talk with a really great Nigerian artist and she said we have to label things correctly like so when, when we talk about art history actually what we're talking about is European art history so yeah all of the, you know all of these people that that you know even for the gallery like you know we're, when we hiring or whatever people with art history degrees they don't know anything about our our art history so we have to teach them from scratch so it's almost like what's the point like we could just get almost anybody <laughs> at the gallery but so knowing that our art history has kind of been neglected completely for up until now. It's for us as I know we're a gallery, but we we have to perform a number of different roles as well, which is custodians of the art history, making connections between like what's happening now to what happened before, making connections between, say, a de Samusvin, who is in his 60s, to a Salome Muleta, who is just starting out. Like all of these things are happening kind of in the sphere of the gallery. And um, for us, like. Individual artists is amazing that they're they're seeing success. And you know, we've got Mary Kokop going to Venice this year, we've got lots of different things happening, but it, it also ensures that Ethiopia is part of the canon of this movement of that's happening with African art and that like it shows it shows the depth of everything that other people have been missing up until yeah. now, right? It's like guys, the world has been missing. Here, here we are like giving giving um a platform. To what's already existed, you know, like it's existed. It's yeah, we already that. knew that we're not yeah. inventing this. Yeah, that, that it's important for us that the art historical canon also gets diversified, and it in it and yes, we can start with African art, but then we need to diversify and say, okay, what what are the different regions yeah. of Africa? Like, yeah. what, what happened to Francophone Africa? Like, when when did the kind of the colonial break happened and then what happened thereafter what happened to you know because regionally every every part of africa has its own story therefore it has its own artistry therefore all of these things so in in a nutshell that's what we're trying to do but it's big ask obviously for a small gallery
0: <laughs> it, it's I mean, it's great you have to start somewhere as you said let me take you to the uh de venise and miami how does it help an artist even a gallery to be on the map because you get to read you know articles this one was here usually it's like celebrities and this and that Mm -hmm. but what is the power what is the impact for Africa for Africans and then slash Ethiopia for you know each country that is represented will be represented in this case
1: so if I speak about Venice so Venice is is a very important you know festival that happens every two years and really it's a place where supposedly the best of the best okay best because of-
0: you guys are there
1: well no oh, it hell. is it is like we we're 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 there this year but actually that's in, if you if you look at kind of how what Venice has done for artists and um it's really where the best artists or artists that are celebrated are shown right mm-hmm. so and, and each uh, there's there's a main show um this year it's called Milk of Dreams by Cecilia Alomeli. and um, And then around that, there's like, you know, countries, full countries will have their own pavilion. So the U.S. pavilion will happen. And, you know, it's a it's a showcase of the best visual artists for, for each country. Right. It's a big deal. And unfortunately, like up until a few years ago, really, Africa was not part of this incredible kind of coming together of the world but you know, Ghana has ha, ha, did a really amazing pavilion the last time it was on. This year, it's I'm great. I'm really inc- happy to see Ghana's coming back, Uganda is having a national pavilion, I think even Zimbabwe, but we need to check that. So it's incredible, it's great. So this is this is Africa coming into the mainstream art market, which it should have always been part of, really, if I'm honest. And for us, you know, although we don't have a national pavilion, um, we do have an artist in the main show, Mariko Kobrahano, which is a- an incredible feat for a gallery that's, you know, six years old, and an artist that has literally spent 15 years of her life practicing yeah. in obscurity, right? Yeah. So it's only really um, in the last four or five years that her work has been has been shown internationally. And for her to, to get to this to be noticed by Cecilia and then to then you know be part of this show is, is incredible.
0: I'll have to ask you two questions before I let you go, but one is about technology. The the first one will be because your guys are modern or you know contemporary, mm-hmm. we're thinking about the now and somehow about the future. For the person who is in Burundi, shout out to Burundi, <laughs> trying to sell the work. The only thing that I'm thinking of is either a platform like Instagram you know, artsy, this and this and that before you find someone. But then again, there is a gallery in Burundi, the first and only one for now. But if you don't have the means to kind of collaborate or what are the other ways do you think the internet or social media, or I don't know, it seems like everything is out there. And at the same time, when you're from different spaces, you can sense that there's so many restrictions. I don't know, it could be so many things, but
1: yeah, so I, this is going back to the infrastructure issue, right? So, yeah. need to to participate in the in the in the art market, it, there is a way. Like, there you need you need to be rep, as an artist, representation by a gallery is really paramount because that's how you get into. Basically, you it's like having an agent mm. that is you know that's like one step of being verified, you know that kind of thing, and so part of the problem with infrastructure on the continent is so many artists but not enough practitioners not enough galleries or gallery or people who understand how to make that bridge between you know where the artists are and 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 the market and so like a, a couple of things happen so one is that artists may fall into this trap of kind of just a general whoever just galleries coming and saying oh let's just buy up your stuff and then they sell it or they don't get the representation that's that they deserve because just hard right so for or i mean or they they but then there are some examples of kind of you know western galleries representing african artists from the continent that are doing really well you know so there's there's this whole spectrum but i think local infrastructure is so important because it's the locals that that know who's the best artist who's talking about burundi in the way like you know Mm -hmm. in the moment in the in the way that is um now and relevant to Burundians you know so like like that I think that is when it starts taking shape because people will understand locals it's it's relevant to the locals as well as to the market right it shouldn't be one or the other right It, it has to you need to have that balance but I think that there are other other things that if you're just thinking about market and if you're thinking about just selling the art for sure social media has made it so much easier for Artists to get seen and for collectors to find artists that they would have never seen before, anyway. Okay, Mm -hmm. so even our gallery, we use a lot of social media to promote our artists. Mm -hmm. uh, And technology is a very interesting place right now because I think the art world, kicking and screaming, I would say, has had to like really think about its position online because of the pandemic and, you know, this over reliance on flying around you know every every week or every month to sell art and to see art i i think that it that was you know very wasteful also very wasteful to the planet not very grateful all of these things so i think people are like getting more savvy about finding things online and and really kind of if they if they find it interesting to see if they can acquire or at least learn you know and i think yeah. that that's the bit that's really important, you know, learning about artists, learning about what's happening in Burundi or Ethiopia or whatever. This, these are all really important part of lifting an entire art, you know, market ecosystem, you know. But I think just one, one thing to just go back to the point of practitioners, you know, like one of the things that we want to do as a gallery, or we are doing now, is we we've, we're supporting artists, but Six years in, we haven't really had many people follow our footsteps and open up galleries, which is what is actually required to create an ecosystem. Because one, it's just way hard. Two, there is a lack of potential, there's a lack of knowledge of how to do it, right? How mm-hmm. to do successfully, how to do it, and how to learn from us. So, like one of the we've started a nonprofit project whereby we're gonna have an apprenticeship program. So we have a number of people or young people. that that can learn from the experiences of the gallery, that can kind of be at the gallery, but also kind of matched up with our gallery stuff in London. They learn how to, let's say, you know, do digital media for the arts or do, you know, kind of artists' uh, presentation and curatorial writing. All of these things that are required, like it's a a gallery doesn't just, it's not just four walls, like (laughs) it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. What I thought it was done like that, you know, yeah, sales, um, packaging. Mm. How do you, how do you, you know, conserving art? All of these things are required to make a successful ecosystem happen, and and really, one of our biggest kind of pushes for like the next couple of years is to ensure that kind of our our Addis Gallery, not just is just a it's not really it's never really been a commercial endeavor in Addis, it's really a social enterprise at the end of the day (laughs) because. we are doing so many things for the first time that it's never going to be you know this massive money spinner it's always investing into the ecosystem so it's, if, if we're not investing with the clients we're investing in the artists if we're not doing that and now we want to be able to see okay what's the succession plan right like so if if we decide we can't do it anymore we don't want to do it anymore Say, like, who's going to take over right so i think this is such a it's such a passion project but a very long-term thing like yeah, for me aside, that it, we're just taking it step by step and every obstacle that w- once we once we kind of like feel like okay we've cracked this we kind of move into the next thing and it's like it's like we're building this mm. monument with with kind of like I feel like a very basic tools but <laughs> it, it, it it hopefully it's making a difference and it's making but it's, a change
0: yeah it's working I mean if i was going to say if we're here talking about it as yeah, if, but, right. but somehow yes you know the future is technology mm-hmm. the future is crypto blockchain blah 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 oh god <laughs> of course of course yeah. i had to go there and that that actually that question has two aspects so where are you guys on the nfts and if somebody is paying you know uh, a painting back home would it Will the person pay it in bird or will we pay it in euros and dollars or in crypto tomorrow? See? Um, I'm so advanced. I'm so in the future.
1: To be on- I have to be very honest with you. <laughs> I mean, this question, I'm not equipped to answer, to be honest. <laughs> it's so, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that NFTs are very interesting in that, you know, this idea that um you can have a digital certificate that will always could could be kind of like um what we do we you know we send out you know written certificates of authenticity for every set. Sure. for example maybe if we can digitize that 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 gives it like a really practical use that i can see um, Like a smart contract for the yeah. yeah but i mean look at there it, it's it's expensive to mint <laughs> nfts right so I mean, it's just expensive but it's also very like costly in terms of energy in a in a place where we struggle for internet access and energy access I I don't know how useful like that could be however it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that artists are not taking advantage of this for sure there are a couple of artists digital artists from Ethiopia that are making use of NFTs and this is amazing to me and it's wonderful Mm. that that is that is also a capability that our artists are going to take advantage of however I think for the for the kind of the majority of artists that are on uh, that are you know at home working the obstacles even to access something like that is still high
0: absolutely I think it's uh it's one of those things where you're like in three or four years honestly now I see an art piece and I'm like oh NFT potential I'm not even joking (laughs) my brain is so NFT locked now Mm -hmm. but hey it's not for everyone but um we like the smart contracts. We like that.
1: Yeah, smart it's, contracts are amazing. But I think we have to be careful as well. Like, so you know, like how do like we every, deal yeah. with plagiarism? You know, like can can I just can somebody just like mint a bunch of Mespin and NFTs and just like how do we fight that? Like, there's there's a lot of yeah yeah.
0: But then again, Africa and African Union. I mean, you know, including everybody, uh, they should be at the forefront for like cybersecurity, all of this. Because if we're not on point, we're gonna lose a lot of cash. And yeah. that's not good at all. Okay, just to finish with this um, question, because it's, for me, it's funny because every time I see people talk about art, honestly, sometimes I laugh about it because I'm like, oh, you know what? I, that's not what I felt when I saw the piece, which is cool. But sometimes they go into, especially here in France, but I like France, yeah, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I have three questions <laughs> on this one. What is an art connoisseur? What is an art snob? And what is a real art critic?
1: In your opinion,
0: it's like they all look the same, right?
1: I'm, I'm honest with you, like, this is hard to answer for me because also I, I, I am actually not any of these things because I'm not really from the art world, right? I so understand. Like, I didn't come up, you know, studying art history and being, being part of this world up until I started the gallery. So I don't really know, but all I know is this, okay? I, I strongly, my sign, I strongly believe that our artists are good enough to compete, okay? And we created a platform for them to compete and some of them are doing incredibly well. For somebody who's not from the art world, my hunch was correct. And, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. You know, Masai is really our, our curatorial mind and he's the one that knows a lot about our art history and, and why it's important. And he, he, you know, he can he can pick out an artist from you know, the hundreds that we see and say, no, no, this one is the one. I think that I, I would love people to, to take, you know, if, if they're interested in art to just take it as a, as, as I took it, which is just a journey of discovery. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it's an adventure. Okay. Especially in the African art world where so nothing has ever really been written about, like just tiny percent of, tiny. of yeah. things have been written about. So when you're in discovering new perspectives new narratives new um aesthetic visions it's just an adventure it's just this exciting part of your everyday life it could be that right so for me art is super subjective there are things that I love there are things that I don't understand <laughs> yeah. that's okay like and that I think it should it should be really a, a, a place of non-judgment and yeah. and personal uh, feeling and I see, I, I have a lot of people that come to me and say, Oh, you know, I don't really understand this. You know, what is this? What, what is the artist trying to say? Blah, blah, blah. Some artists don't want to say anything about their work. They don't want the Miracle Cup doesn't even title her works. Okay. Uh-huh. She will talk about the concepts, but she's not going to say to you, Oh, this painting, this is she's not going to say that because that is not her transmission. The way that she wants it to be understood and transmitted is kind of part, part of the work is, is your reaction to it. It's like, it's like a relationship. It's, like an, it's supposed to be an emotional moment with you and the piece. And going back to your NFT question, I think this is why I struggle a little bit with NFTs because for me, nothing really compares to walking into a room with a piece of artwork that you have had an emotional connection to. And we, you know we struggled a little bit during lockdown because people couldn't see the work but honestly it's like it's 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 different okay different people buy from jpegs and and online a lot even now but it's because maybe they've seen the work um in person before and that kind of like emotional relationship and kind of like that presence that artwork has is real and and i think that's what people have to have to look at
0: do you think tomorrow the use of an art piece will be the same because as I said if you go into a museum and I remember seeing um a Monet for the first time and it was uh I mean I wanted to cry I was so emotional and I know that I'll never buy an empty of money I know <laughs> like there's no way I'd rather go on Google no I'm just kidding <laughs> um but at the same time for kids and I'm speaking you know obviously the TikTok uh, generation Thinking about the way they consume things and be maybe living in the metaverse tomorrow and say, hey, I need your gallery in an NFT, not because I want to have a gallery back in Lyon and Paris, but because it's hake who said it, who, who, you know, who co-founded it and i like her. And then, and then they have all these reasons that may not make sense for the average human being who paid taxes, may I say, but that will make sense maybe in five, 10 years. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to understand as well, but I'm not there yet. I haven't bought any NFT, mm-hmm. but I'm understanding that maybe the use, maybe the way my parents used to see, used to see the internet at the beginning, really was it's scary. Nothing is happening, and then you, they'll talk about um, satellite TV. it will be like, oh, you know, Western way of living, and then they enjoy it. and And then I realized that maybe I'm quite the same, where I'm kind of reluctant to change, but when things are already there, I'm like. I wouldn't say no to a European NFT. Because you don't know, you know?
1: I think, yeah. I mean, look. I think that you know the internet is a tool, right? So when it first came about, we nobody knew how to use it. It was just whatever. Now we're using it as a, and we need it, right? Yeah. Like so. And maybe the metaverse will be something that that takes a similar trajectory. But I think is still out. And <laughs> when it comes to art, particularly, I still believe art is a physical experiential mm. endeavor, right? Mm. Sure. So in, the, in, a, in a real way that you can potentially, you know, be in the metaverse and be at a concert, it will, it will feel real, but it won't be as real. As real, as yeah. And it's, yeah. it could be the same thing, you know, maybe you can, you can be in the metaverse and you can walk around a museum that you can't travel to, which is incredible. It's just, you know, but it won't be as same as going there. But, yeah. but it will be maybe 80% as good, right? So I think that there are uses and, and I think these applications are really important because I think we also have to think about the earth, you know, the kind of our carbon footprint. Can we really afford to travel as much as we traveled pre-pandemic mm. you know, to just sell art and to see art? Maybe not, right? So I, I can see lots of applications for the metaverse and. Whatever this is going to be, I'm not <laughs> an expert, but I I think that it's it's a matter of it's it's a it it you know you might be, you know we might have like our gallery in a metaverse, people come and and visit us there, and then they buy the artwork, and then we have to physically deliver it so that they can hang it, and then that will yeah. be, you know, so there yeah. there are there are applications, but I mean, see, you're finding <laughs>
0: solutions. I'm telling you, and then tomorrow you'll be like, we have a, L- a Louvre NFT somewhere in Addis. <laughs> Although Le Louvre will stay in Paris, because Abu Dhabi, I don't know if they managed to do it. Maybe no, later. I think
1: it's really exciting time, and I think that, as I say, it, it makes the world smaller. And people who are interested sure. in, uh, like one of the things that we tried to, to, we really wanted to do with our nonprofit was to build a library, like a, a book library for art. Um, nice. Like all of these are ideas at the moment because it, it's taking us time to kind of get to each each step. But actually, maybe having something like let's say google arts and culture if you go there like so many pieces of art from all over the world you know so this digitization is really important and that it, it allows a student from the Alice School of Fine Art in Addis to have mm-hmm. access to so much information so many visual uh ideas than ever before so that's awesome yeah, you know there's so yeah. many opportunities. yeah that's true so many opportunities but we also have to digitize our own You know, like our own pieces, like the Ali School of Fine Art, for example, has a collection that being that being digitized will will also enrich the world. And will also show kind of, you know, we have to kind of put a stake in the ground for some of the some of the for, for all the things that we're doing as well. Otherwise, it will just be it will just be swallowed by the masses of other information.
0: Basically, you're telling the Ministry of Culture in Ethiopia to step up for them they're they're getting there
1: i mean they have a lot of other things to do but yeah i mean that's (laughs) you know
0: like any every african uh, country i guess at this point i want to buy my first african workpiece and i'm like hakeb i have a budget of 50 euros and then next year i'll get a budget of a thousand what should i do do i wait for next year or can you just advise something
1: Oh, no. I mean, 50 euros is, is very, very <laughs> to say. I'm sorry. It's like,
0: nope, no, 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 this is not working. Um, or, or I can say that TikTok videos are like art. Are they art for you? I'm just asking.
1: Seriously. Um, I mean, they're culture, right? Like, so like, I just feel like we can't discount all of these kind of creative endeavors as not being culture, but are they visual art? That's the question, right? So what? Okay. You know, I believe that visual art is part and parcel of what people are producing as culture today, and and TikTok is part of that. It was about acting, uh, the dancing, the music, the fashion, these things, and and you know contemporary culture is so multifaceted and so exciting, right? And okay. visual arts is just part of that. I feel part of that output. Okay, so basically you're telling me
0: don't waste your fifty, wait for it. <laughs> Buy some Bitcoin, it will go up and then to where we have 10,000 euros.
1: I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about Bitcoin, but yeah, <laughs> like
0: that. I'm going in the future. I am really in the future. Yeah. And then I have a 10, yeah, let's just say 10,000
1: euros. What can I, I mean, get? 10,000 euros, you can get a really great piece. So okay. uh, I think that even 5,000, you know, so I would say a lot of the artists that we work with that are kind of emerging, like in starting out like you know a salome muleta or a tisit- maybe not to stop her anymore but like to stop two years ago for example that's kind of the starting price for work but but as i say okay so the way that we uh, oh and also i i have to say like so in in our Addis gallery we have a a yearly show that we call Addis calling and it keeps um Rotating um, of kind of brand new talent, like artists that we've never shown before, artists who just graduated, and so on. And in that show, we it's it's a it's a way to bring in new talent, try out the the artists, and kind of give a really well curated show for new talent. And you know, in that in that show, anything from a thousand dollars up to maybe five. So there there are there are ways. To, to start your collection. And um, also like we, what we do for our local uh, um, clients and clients that we feel like we want to really help collect is, you know, we offer payment plans. We, mm-hmm. we do a whole bunch of different things to ensure that, especially if they're local, that they, they are able to acquire and to continue, can, to continue acquiring. See,
0: you're getting into the blockchain, Ethereum thing really <laughs> soon. I'm sending you some Bitcoins uh, once I get some, actually, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully this year. For those who want to visit, let's just say, so as I said before, uh, next end of the year, I'm in Addis. What should I expect in around October, November, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure we'll have, we'll probably have a solo show by that time in in our gallery. October is um, a good time to come, actually. So Mm -hmm you'd have to addis is is a very cosmopolitan city now. so you 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 have to do all of the museums. You can go into the into the the palace now. There's lots of things to see and do in the city. and of course you usually should come to Addis Fine Art, which is right in the middle of town. Yeah, we'll be very happy to welcome all of you. yeah. And then uh, obviously for those
0: who are in London, because you know galleries when you see them from the outside you're like oh my goodness do i get inside i don't know this is scary can i touch no you don't touch the work but, you can you know. actually,
1: but no we're very friendly we're very friendly galleries. so i mean we we are um right by oxford circus so in a on a street called east castle street number 21 so we're very central you can well, drop, yeah you can drop by anytime tuesday to saturday we're open 11 to 6 in march we will open a, a solo show by a young artist called Salome Muleta. Um, so she's like, you know, very one of our emerging, up and coming artists. And so then she's just,
0: she's staying for a month or for like a, a whole. Yeah, uh,
1: she'll stay for six weeks. And then in May, when you're when you're around, it's actually the gallery uh, weekend that that in in May. And we will open with um, a solo show by an artist who lives in Germany called Negatu. Okay. Got to Sahai, incredible artist, that month, and that will stay for another six weeks as well.
0: And I think for people who are like, okay, this is artist, fine art, do you only take Ethiopian artists or do you take Africans in general?
1: So it's a good, great question because we, we're we about to start this new initiative. So we work, we want to really focus on the East Africa region, so the Horn of Africa region. And so we work. Good with- for
0: you. That's where <laughs> the great things are.
1: Just yeah, so we work with Ethiopia, Eritrea, and mm-hmm. you know, we're a little bit of Sudan and and maybe Somalia. But we are going to use part of our gallery, so we have a split-level gallery to invite artists, uh, so curators and galleries from the the continent to take a bit of our space and to show uh, to show in the, in our London gallery. So this will be for very very uh, specific galleries, either on the continent or galleries that we feel have an affinity or like. The connection that we want to explore like for example uh there's a connection between the horn of africa and india or uh kind of the yemen or that kind mm, of uh, and so on so we want to like we want to expand it that way but our core our core mission is kind of really to elevate and to continue exploring going deeper into that horn of africa region
0: good luck with everything because this is like a huge thing for us africans for us if africans i guess at some point but if Ethiopia is winning we're all winning i think at this point so (laughs) what is the best thing for us to to wish for you in this year what is next for you yeah so
1: just building out this program in london you know mary uh cocker being at venice is a big deal for us and in Addis, uh, as I say, like just building out our nonprofit, making sure that there is there are practitioners that are going to take over when we yeah. decided no, or we know to, to create competition and to really mm-hmm. building that ecosystem is our biggest mission on the ground now. It's like you know we have our we have our core artists, core collectors, but now it's really about how do we expand that and how do we just just build more um infrastructure so that's So that are three things so far.
0: all right i'm wishing you a new gallery maybe in the next two years <laughs> a place called washington dc which is like the capital of Ethiopia <laughs> at
1: this point you, you never know yeah i mean that will be great i will only talk about things we've actually planned concrete but yes i mean i mean the future i
0: told you from, from the beginning so a blockchain <laughs> theme somewhere over there thanks okay. a lot thanks for your time Bye. and thanks for the team and uh, we've missed out obviously Yeah, good luck with everything you're doing over there.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.